So I thought that we should celebrate with an art form that we literally invented here in the bad place. The comedy roast. I see Jason Mendoza's here. Jason might not be the smartest guy in the world, but he is the dumbest guy in the world. Oh, Jason, buddy. All you had to do was to keep quiet, but you couldn't stop talking about Kendall Jenner or that dumb quarterback, what was his name, Derek Bortles? Always ranting about Derek Bortles. Lucky for you, my friend, Jaguars games are the only ones televised in the bad place because they suck! <laughs> no, they don't. All we need is a defense and an offense and some rule changes. We're back. We made it. We're back. We took our break. We we set our peace. We took a couple steps away from each other for a couple weeks. And like all great loves that have been lost, we've managed to to come back around the other end, back to each other with arms wide open. Yeah, Zach, after serving our uh, conjoined mandatory 14 days in the hole for mm. public displays of affection. I won't tell you which hole, private setting. Yeah. Hey, yo. It was, it was court mandated. I feel like a changed man. I feel like I've been bathed in the blood of a newborn unicorn. Steven got really into adrenochrome over the (laughs) three-week summer break. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We're going to talk about our break. We're going to talk about The Good Place and all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad to be back. I'm re-energized. I'm glad that you're here watching us or listening to us. Let's get into it. Welcome to Into the Time Knife. I'm Zach. I'm Steven, and get your own bracelets, Victoria. <laughs> I thought that was so funny when Janet called her Victoria. <laughs> that, that shit was, was absolutely one. hilarious. We're back for another week, and we can't start the second half of season two without shouting out our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, Justin Fortier, and Autumn Marsh. Is Justin Fortier a tier four patron? No, he's at least tier two. Mm. At least. At least. Well, isn't one the best? Oh. Or not? I was thinking one, two, three, four, not. Were you thinking on Jason's scale of one to 13 with eight being the best? (laughs) Yeah. Then I would definitely put Justin a solid nine because he's so strong that he unfortunately Mm -hmm. topples over that mountain peak a little bit. Yeah, just passes it a little bit. I actually think Justin is a cool dude. I've had some interactions with him on social media talking about Better Call Saul, which oh. I'm always happy to talk about. Cool well, that's dude. the way to shout Zach's out Justin. Tummy. It absolutely is the way. <laughs> Justin's made his way so deep into my tummy <laughs> with that Saul chat. <laughs> yeah. Steven, how was your break? How was your time apart? Did you think of me? Did you crave me? You know, me? I did a lot. It was funny because we, you know, we don't text a ton during the week because we want to save it for the the podcast but when we well, don't we want to save pressures... it for the podcast and then we get all of it out in the hour before we start recording exactly. the podcast <laughs> so then when we actually turn on the mics and start recording we're just bone dry nothing left but because we weren't recording i feel like mm-hmm. we talked to each other more about what we were watching and mm-hmm. how we were feeling about it and uh i did miss you zach and there were a lot of times where i was like oh fuck i wish that we were recording like today so we can talk about this thing yeah i've been ready to get into it i like having an opportunity to talk like this 
mm-hmm. and I've missed it a little bit. I've been pushing around the idea of doing like video essay type YouTube videos. Yeah. And I actually wrote a script and tried to record it. And sitting down to record myself that way is mm-hmm. such a different beast than sitting down to do what we do here because it was a long script. I was talking for a long time. I'd re-say a sentence like 50 times because I didn't mm-hmm. – I kept flubbing a word or didn't like when I was breathing. I'm just – and then I was like so burned out that I ended up scrapping the whole recording. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to do yeah. that type of thing. So I've been looking forward to get back and getting – here I am flipping this over. Let me say that 50 times. I've been looking forward to getting <laughs> Can back Can I get a clean read on that? Can I get a clean of, read of on that, here, Zach? Being a little more comfortable in my comfort zone. I'm very comfy cozy. Mm, a lot of uh, alliteration there. Can you maybe throw in a, a softer consonant to mix that up a little bit, Zach? Can you get a clean read on that? Can water. That again? Is W a soft consonant? I'm just going to yeah, say water. Yeah, W the word is water. a soft consonant. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Thank you. R is pretty soft, too, is at the end of a word. Oh, uh, I should have mentioned Patreon, of course. We've got a schmooze. Can't disappoint. Pa- you did. You read them all. Patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. I've got to tell people that they should go over there and subscribe uh-huh. to the Patreon starting at $5 a month to get hundreds of Patreon exclusive podcasts in our current yeah. Patreon exclusive podcast, which are the weekly live You Can't Disappre show and The Basement are that seven down, days down, down, show down, 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 down. rewatch. A lot of fun over there. Check us out. Steven, what was the high point and the low point of our time apart for you? I'm going to say my high point. I have two. It's a tie. Okay. One was seeing Across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Best animated movie of the year. Of a lot I'm of sure years. it will be. Of a lot of years, possibly. And this is coming from someone who consumes animated media on a daily basis. Maybe the best animated movie of all time. And it's the sequel to what was maybe the best animated <laughs> was, movie of all time. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one was uh, getting to compete in Boston with longtime patron Danny M. Lugo. Did they make you do the accent to step into the city? You gotta. Uh, when you get off the plane, they're like, where you going? And you're like, I'm gonna park the car and have it, yeah. And, and like, they're like, thank God. They're like, who's <laughs> the best actor alive? And you're like, Ben Affleck. And they're like, okay, okay. It's gotta be him or Damon for sure. Yeah, gotta say one or the other. But see, if you say Damon, they think you're a tourist because the tourists mm. always say mm-hmm. Damon. The tourists always say the Damon because nobody really likes Ben Affleck. Well, hell no. God. And what was your low ben point? Ben Affleck doesn't like. Uh, let's see. Low point was probably yeah. just the, the – it's been a real busy work period for me. And so it's been a little bit stressful doing It really wears you that. down sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. It yeah, does. sure. It does. Love what I do, but from the managerial side, it can be exhausting. Love what you do, but hate what it does to you. <laughs> oh, I love what it does to me. Um, if I had to do a top and bottom, my Zach, what about your high point, low point? I don't need you to segue. I'll do my own segues. Thank you very much. My (laughs) top is also a tie between seeing across the Spider-Verse because it was Mm -hmm. literally one of those theater experiences that makes me glad to be alive today. Yeah. To be able to see things like that. And appreciate them. And the second would be going to my first Pride Festival with my partner and with a group of friends. We had a lot of fun. Got to look at a lot of attractive queer people all day. Saw some fun concerts. Ate some cool food. Bought some cool stuff. It was just a lot of fun. And it was a really... um, It's been a long 
path for me to get from keeping certain things really close to my chest to being really comfortable to going to something like that and speaking about it and to being more open about myself. So that was like a big kind of full circle. I'm an adult now moment for me. But my low point was absolutely that I got super fucking sick at Pride Mm -hmm. and was the first vomit sick I've been in like five years. Wow, you're not yeah. a frequent vomiter, huh? No, I, I usually do pretty well. I don't get sick very often. And mm-hmm. if I do, it's usually just like a head thing. But I got really, really sick. I couldn't keep down water. And water Ooh. is pretty easy to stomach most of the time, yeah. typically. <laughs> Traditionally, water Tradi- is good for the most... old tum-tum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that was not fun. But yeah. I saw a lot of movies, aside from Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse was definitely the height. I saw mm-hmm. four movies in one movie theater in one day. Wowza. I feel like Pull that's... the old Pee Wee Herman, huh? I don't know what... Co- <laughs> yeah, four... <laughs> they were only about 15 minutes apiece. <laughs> they got in and out real fast. It's something that, for whatever reason, feels like I accomplished something by doing it, when really, no, I didn't. I shouldn't have done it. It was hard, and I <laughs> felt bad afterwards. But Lil was going out of town for the day. My plans fell through, and I wanted to see a movie, but I was going to have to like figure out a ride because Lil was taking the car. Mm-hmm. And I looked up the day of movies, and I saw, well, I wouldn't mind seeing these four. And then I saw that like the showtimes all lined up with one another. So that's what I did. Lil dropped me off in the morning and left and did their thing. I saw four movies, and then they came back and picked me up when they were done. That's awesome. Four? I've never done four. I've done two. I've, I've done two done a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard. Four it was seems draining. like a lot. It was a lot. It started at 1030. And then the second, like, I got out of that movie 10 minutes after the showtime for the next movie. So, so literally previews, yeah. stood up, peed, refilled my drink, sat back down for the second movie. And then had, like, a little break between two and three and a little break between three and four. It was a lot. It was draining. Wow. Yeah. Hey, but you did it. I did do it. And, and no if one can there take were that away four from you, movies Zach. I wanted to see in a day where I didn't have anything to do, I'd probably do it again. Mm-hmm. Lil and I started, uh, so we have like a weekly movie night with friends. I think we've touched yeah. on that here before. Recently, we've watched stuff like Reanimator. Uh, old horror movie with mm-hmm. some really fun practical effects. Yeah. Uh, and then we just watched Young Frankenstein, which was a lot of fun. Young I Frankenstein. I really love nice. Young Frankenstein. Gene Wilder. It holds up so well. It's so funny still. It's great. Other than the fact that it's all white people, I think that's one of those mm-hmm. movies that's going to always work. It just is yeah. really funny. And now it's my turn to pick. I don't know what I'm going to pick. Pick like Glory or like Roots or something. Sure. Roots go, is go a mini series. I'll pick the entire Roots mini series. Yeah. Why, that's a, you can sit through that. And Start Lil early. and I are starting to, every week on Friday, we're going to go see a movie in theaters together. And if it's a movie that's like less than two hours, we'll see two. So wow. this past Friday, we saw, I took Lil to see Elemental because I really enjoyed it. And we saw mm-hmm. Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson movie. And next Friday, we're going to see Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. Nice. Old Harry Ford. Yeah, still kicking real old. It. Super, like incredibly old. <laughs> I saw a thing that was like, Blade Runner came out 41 years ago, and I was like, fuck, he wasn't super young in that. (laughs) (laughs) And the second Blade Runner, where he was much older, came out like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Anna de Armas in that movie. I haven't seen it. Academy Award nominee. They're making like a TV show. Like it's set after that. Like 2099, I think. I don't know. I rock with that. Let's talk about The Good Place. We Let's caught do up it. a little bit. I had a good break. It was it was nice to take a little break, especially from editing and from having this whole day kind of blocked off. It was nice to take a little break, but I'm glad yeah, to be good. back. 
And this was an episode of The Good Place that was perfect to come back to after a break. I think definitely. It's one that I remember very fondly and that I was super excited to watch and talk about today. We're talking, of course, about Season 2, Episode 9. It's Chapter 22, Leap to Faith, which, of course, is better translated to Leap into Faith. Well, I see what you're trying to do there, Zach. Uh, yeah. Leap of Faith is the common, yes, the said phrase. Yeah. Leap to Faith was already a play on leaping into faith so well i but do you feel did, like you did there's good buddy there, i do feel like there's a difference between leap of faith and leap to faith well they don't say leap to faith in the episode so well, that's what it's called and yes they do yeah well no they say leap into faith no someone says leap to faith and then chidi corrects them each time and says actually it better translates as leap into faith they say it twice. They make the joke twice in the episode. Eleanor yes. once says, "Oh my talking god, about we're Kierkegaard. doing this already." She says, "Leap of faith," and Jesus was well, actually better translated to "leap into faith." Agreed and then disagree. later Michael on, when they're it. telling Michael, right. they got it, and Michael's like, "Ah, better translated to leap into faith." Yeah. They say, "Leap of faith." I don't think so. Both times. I don't think so. Uh, this episode, "Leap to Faith," it was directed by Linda Mendoza. I wonder if there's any relation. Ah, Linda Manuel Mendoza. No. Nope. She directed one episode before this. She directed the episode Chidi's Choice, which was a good one last last season. Mm -hmm. I think that was season one. Yeah. And outside of this show, more recently, she has over 150 directing credits. Goddamn. In 2023 alone, she's directed seven episodes of a show called Harlem, one episode of the Quantum Leap reboot, uh, a Michelle Obama Netflix special called The Light We Carry, and nice. uh, Wanda Sykes comedy special called I'm an Entertainer. Nice. So Linda Mendoza, she's she be working. Yeah. This episode was written by Christopher Ensel, who uh, after this, this is his first writing credit. You want to say something about his name, I can tell. Does it start with an E or an I? With an E, but how okay. else would you say it, right? In, yeah. In, 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 I want to say N-cell yeah, instead you, of You very in clearly cell. said yes. N-cell, not in-cell. Yes, because I, I knew you are a it. child and would say something. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. All the episode not, was that. written by Christopher Incel, who writes <laughs> one other episode in the series later on. The episode that gives this show its title, Chidi Sees the Time Knife, he co-wrote with Joe Mandy next season. And nice. outside of this show, most recently and kind of his biggest job, I think, has been writing three episodes of the recent How I Met Your Father. I've heard it's not bad. I, I have too, but I don't care. It can do its thing. I'll be over here. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. that interested. This episode originally aired on January 4th, 2018, after taking a few months off from the last episode. And we're going to talk about the movies and the music of its time. January 4th, 2018, the number one movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. 2018? 2018. Are you sure? Yes. Wow. Why? You don't believe me? You thought it was earlier no. than that? Yeah, I feel no, like when it, this show started, it was like 2015. 15. Yeah. It's been three years and we're only Well, the first two? season started in 15 and ended in 16, or maybe even started in 16 and ended in 17, and this season started in 17. I don't think it was on at all while we were in high school. I think it started in... Oh, I It definitely sense, started I in 2016. We've been talking about it for like yeah. six months. All right, all right, the 18 just threw me. We're in a new year. That's okay. Threw me it's a January bit. 4th. I wasn't ready. It's I didn't prep. I wasn't on the notes for that. Originally aired, can I, 
<laughs> are we good? Are we good about the hard facts? Do we need to argue the things? Yeah, that are I'll, just I'll, what I'll they let are? this one. I'll we'll check it in post. We're not like we'll arguing about interpretation of the episode. We're arguing about the date <laughs> that it aired, <laughs> which was just January fourth, two thousand eighteen. The number one movie. Do you know about when we're talking? January fourth, yeah, two thousand eighteen. January. That means it's still probably riding the Christmas high. You are very correct. Spider-Man. No, I'm going to give you a hint. That came out in 2000, uh, maybe 2018, but much later. Mm. Um, No, it's not your turn to guess yet. I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. It's a big franchise movie. Mm -hmm. It's a sequel to a big return. This is giving away too much. And this is its third week as the number one movie. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yes. I gave nice. it away a little too much with sequel to a big return, I suppose. But it was Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and it's. Do you third like The Last Jedi, or did you hate all one. three? No, I like a lot about The Last Jedi, but there's mm-hmm. also a fair bit that I don't like. But I think I've grown to like it more. I yeah. like The Force Awakens quite a bit, and I, I love Force Awakens. Have only seen Rise of Skywalker once, and it was not very much fun. But I, I would watch it again agree. probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number one album. Mm-hmm. For this day is an album that I'm familiar with. Ooh. And I don't know if that alone would give away what it is, what I was listening yeah. to in January of 2018. <laughs> I know. You were around for it. And the only hint I can think of to give you will probably give away what the album is, and that hint is diarrhea. Oh, no. Not not heavy duty like diarrhea. Because your booty is heavy duty like it. Oh. Do you know what the album was? That would be Eminem's what the fuck was this bullshit album called? It was so bad. It's him looking sad with an American flag behind him. Yeah. uh, Retaliate. Nope. Rebirth. Revive. Yep. Revival. Yes. Revival by Eminem was the number one album. How embarrassing. That album's bad. Everything on there is bad. Yep. It was like really bad i bopped it for a while but kind of uh as a joke as a joke because like it's got beats that are catchy yeah and it's got lyrics that are so corny that they stick in your brain you know mm-hmm. but no it, it's very bad this was the end of me caring about music that Eminem yeah. was putting out yeah. that's the number one movie number one album pretty good job guessing hey i had a good sparring partner was it me or is there somebody on was, the other side you. with like boxing gloves on <laughs> or like the thing for you to punch real hard under this desk? Let's move on to the next segment. It's your time to shine, Steven. Mm-hmm. It's time to find out for the first time in a while. You're going to going to shake off the rust and tell us once and for all, did Steven watch did the episode Steve this week? Watch the episode it's a long one. this week. Yeah. But a quick ending. Yeah. <laughs> You've got 20 seconds on the clock to tell us mm-hmm. everything that happened in Leap to Faith, the normal way to say it. How do you think you're going to do? I don't think I'm going to do very well, Zach. This is a pretty like dense episode descriptionally. Uh, I'm going to do my best. Well, I feel like what might this work in one's your for favor... John. What might work in your favor is that the end of the episode just retells the whole episode. Mm-hmm. So there might not be as much as you think. Well, maybe. Maybe I'm... Uh, don't be fooled. Okay. What's that? Give me a little Via more of that. radio. Oh. Or a magazine. magazine. <laughs> <laughs> we did that song in show choir together. That one's the for us. The grand yeah. illusion. 
Zach had the solo for, ba, 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 for one day. <laughs> <laughs> After the soloist was unable to fulfill their duties. Yeah. Shout out to your neighbor. I was a real runner up to Miss America in that situation, <laughs> wasn't I? You've got you 20 sure seconds were. on the clock. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, I like the attitude. Three, mm-hmm. two, one, go. Sean's there, and Michael thinks he's been found out. But guess what? Sean's here to congratulate him and promote him for doing such a great job with the neighborhood torturing the humans. So then they unveil to the humans, hey, guess what? It's the bad place. What? So then Michael has to leave a series of clues telling them uh, a secret code that they figure out means that they have to summon Derek to call a train that goes to the medium place. They don't go with it. Yeah, you didn't do that good. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I feel like because there's There's a lot lot to get. There's a lot more to say. I don't think I heard anything about Vicky. No. Um, I don't think I heard anything about Chidi and Eleanor, like Jason and Tahani, or really much. I don't. I, the roast, really nothing at all about the roast. Was there anything about the roast? Nothing about the roast was still on the train. Yeah, but that came a- a- that that did come after. It came during. That's where he <laughs> whoa, leaves the clues. Whoa, now. <laughs> um, I think that's a C. Okay, I'll take it. Okay. An average return. Yeah, that's what we aim for. We aim to <laughs> aim to please here on Can't Disappoint Podcast. Thirty Rock. Yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar <laughs> with Thirty Rock. Uh, how good was Across the Spider Verse? Uh, Across so the Spider Verse was a ten out of ten. It's Empire Strikes Back. Good. It's the modern day Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah. And better in a lot of ways. I think it's as good as. I don't know if I think it's better. As someone who grew up was so deep into Star Wars, Zach, yeah. that I owned a DVD Star no, Wars I, I Trivial Pursuit. No, I respect your opinion. I don't think you're wrong. I just think I am on the other side of it. That's fair. I can see why you would say that. But I'm a bit of an Empire Strikes Back hater overall. Well, I That's... just think, imagine being... Did, did you know before you... Give us 20 seconds, guys. Very uh, light... Yes, spo- because I had seen episode well, come on. I didn't one say before I saw episode two. No, four, that's five, not what six. I'm talking about. Light spoilers for Across the Spider-Verse. Oh. Specifically something about how the end sets up the beginning of the next one without giving any plot mm-hmm. spoilers. Now, it ends with it to be continued. Yeah. I feel like if this movie came out in the 70s when yeah. nobody had a shot to know that it ended with a cliffhanger that would be like people would be yelling and shouting and rapturous in the it's theater true. that's why i think it's like in that family of movies and i like kind of was yes like i did you know like, it was a cliffhanger i knew that there was a third movie that was gonna be existing and so i assumed that there would be some sort of cliffhanger just based on the length of time I'd been watching the movie and that I was like, well, they can't possibly go into another point right now. And they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when the movie was first announced, it was going to be across the spider verse part one, but now they've changed it to the next one's going to be beyond the spider verse instead of across the spider verse part two. I think it's better too, but I think that caused the confusion. If it was still called part one, people would be, Oh, it ends with a cliffhanger. Yeah. Anyway, I think it was perfectly done. The reveal is something that you don't expect, but totally believe and it's perfect. Yes. Agreed. Let's mm-hmm. talk about trivia. I've Let's got do it. five questions from this episode. Oh, for you. you silly little huh? goose. You've got more I've than got that? a whopping Wow. Eight. Okay, go ahead. Give eight questions for Give you. Give me two or, or else. Um what <laughs> uh what will happen to the group's brains in the bad place? They'll be batted around in an arena like a beach ball. That's one of the three things. 
Oh, there's other things. Yeah, that's that all not I've in your got. episode. That's all I've got. They'll be removed, studied, and then batted mm. around a stadium like a. I think it's kind of a beach bullshit ball. list of three things. I think I got the only one that mattered. Uh, go well, ahead and give we'll, me another one, or else go ahead. We'll check the tape. Why will they peel their arms like bananas? Just for fun. Yeah, you got it. You got eight that questions. One's a, and that so one's far, a buy. Two of them are from the same ten seconds of the episode. They're all from the first scene, Zach. I fell asleep. What are Eleanor's bathroom towels made of? <laughs> Zach, I don't want to start off by saying it wasn't in my episode, but I've got no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> well, th- that does not mean that it wasn't in it your episode. It does not. Uh, I don't have the answer to this one. This is the beginning of the episode when mm-hmm. Chidi walks in on Eleanor brushing her teeth and is all awkward. You got anything on that? Do you remember this? Not in your episode, perhaps. My episode starts with Sean and Michael. Well, yeah, so does everyone's, but this and then is like the just next, after that. Then, then the we'll first get there time when we you get see the, the gang, we'll, we'll talk they're about all four it. in Michael's office. Then, no, it didn't have this scene. So you missed the all-important detail that Eleanor's bathroom towels are made with microfiber. Yeah, no. See, you're saying I left out a lot of awkward Eleanor cheaty stuff. Not in my episode. Interesting. There was very little. The only time there's any Eleanor cheaty thing is during the roast. Mm, yeah, episode. there's a full scene. Yep. Yeah, not in mine. Okay. You win this time. It's still a So C, I think though. my C still should C. be upgraded to a C plus. That wasn't really the reason you were a C. You didn't say anything about the roast. Nothing well, about the thing that they get the whole plan from. Well, Zach... I answer that with how heavy was the pancake Tahani mentioned? How heavy? Ten stone. Ten stone. You know how much one stone is, Zach? Uh, it's a not. It's a pound or or equivalent to a pound. It's near fourteen pounds. Is it really? Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Because I know this because uh, uh, people that. Are Australian that I listen to a podcast, so they like weigh themselves in stone, or mm-hmm. British people will weigh themselves in stone, like Tahani. Yeah, does here. very barbaric way of measuring your weight. Oh, I grab a couple rocks. How many rocks am I? How many rocks? You go to the doctor and they start picking up, pick you up, and then pick up a bag <laughs> of rocks. rocks. Ah, yeah. you're about fifteen you're rocks. This many stones. <laughs> well, my next question is also about the giant pancake. What is mm-hmm. Tahani's name for her giant pancake? So you got half of it. What the fuck does she call it? Like a <laughs> A, a, a flip stick or something like that. Nope. A ten stone b- 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 brecky plate. A little, nope. a little, a little batter napkin. No, a ten stone griddle chip. A uh, griddle chip. That, that actually does make sense. A chip. The chip would... doesn't make sense. Well, it's a uh, you 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 fry it up. Because chips are fries. Yeah, you fry it up. Your turn. <laughs> Um, what team's games are shown in the bad place, Zach? Only the Jaguars. Because they suck. Because they suck. Nice job. <laughs> uh, in his roast, who does Michael say Jason won't shut up about besides Derek Bortles? Kendall Jenner. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, what song just finished playing when we get to the bad place? Well, that would have been She Hates Me by Puddle of Mud, and we're going to follow it up with Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. (laughs) That's great. Uh, What two things... Oh, sorry, your turn, your turn. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm, Go mm -hmm, for it. mm -hmm. Michael says that the humans removing Janet's bracelet is impossible. Like, what else? Uh, That was actually my next question, if you remember it. Um, You said two things, that's right. Yeah. 
Don't look down. Breathing underwater. Guys, watch the video. You can tell if you look down. Don't look down, My phone's under my desk. That Um, looks like down to me. (laughs) Breathing underwater and uh, not texting while driving. Driving without texting. I'll give it to you. Driving without texting. Sure, sure. See, that's how you know I didn't read it. Um, Where did Tahani... Wow. Check your... Could tell it was late at night. I wrote I wrote the question a little bit funny. Um, where did Tahani go paragliding with Pippa Middleton? Dang, I don't know the location. I remember this line and her thing that she said was just a real simple like "don't do it" or something. She's like, like just that. like I told Pippa Middleton, we were paragliding in Barbados, Gibraltar. I don't remember just them go. saying Gibraltar. <laughs> just go. <laughs> and then someone looks at her and she's like, what? I did say that. <laughs> I've got one more question for you. How many mm-hmm. clues did Michael leave the humans? Oh, that was my last question. Over nice. 1,200. Good job. Let's talk about the episode. Uh, this is the comeback after a break, after a big cliffhanger at the mid-season finale with Sean showing up. And then it goes in a completely different direction than what you would maybe expect from that cliffhanger. How Which did you what feel this revisiting so good, this episode? Right? Did you remember that it went this direction? Because I kind of no, forgot. I didn't. Yeah. I I remember the end of this episode, but I didn't remember how we got there. Um, I think it's so smart because you know, especially with us taking this break too. I just remembered how I felt when Sean popped up. And I remember what they tell me to remember, which is Michael walks in and Sean's there and is like, have a seat. Your episode um, began with a previously on, right? Um, Kind of. Mine had a previously on, previously place, on but it, it did show. Mine had a little the... bit of recap, which was really helpful because it had been a few mm-hmm. weeks. It showed yeah, mine me... just started with, with Michael walking in and Sean saying, sit down. And then it went right to. No, mine started episode. with a previously on, which started with the clip of Chidi and Eleanor in bed together. Oh wow! Yeah. See, yeah, they made that much more of a thing in the director's cut, the the cheaty Eleanor bang cut. Yeah, Wish I think I this is that. a really good episode, but I have a butt to this one. Now, this is one of those shows, one of the only shows we'll ever do as a podcast that I don't think we're ever going to come into an episode saying I didn't like that episode because this show so. runs like water. It's a continued piece, and everything at least moves stuff along for the most part. Yeah, I had a problem with this episode when I first watched it, and I have a different problem with it when I now watch it. When I wow. first watched it, I remember feeling like the Eleanor figuring out Michael's code and Michael putting together his code was so convenient and a little too obvious or a little too easy that they figure it all out with just Eleanor's mm-hmm. like, I just remembered all of the stuff he said. I don't know. I, I thought it was a little too easy when I first watched I think watched that some episode. of the things that they picked out was a bit of a reach. Namely yes. the, I think they would eventually gotten the Tahani one. I think that but I think only because Tahani said it wasn't true. Yeah. That's the only reason why it works for me is because Tahani says it wasn't true. But the cheaty one, that's a reach to fucking get because I had forgotten about that one even watching the episode. And that's and, like the most important one. Yeah. And watching it now, what bothers me more is that as a rewatch, the last stretch of the episode, like some of these episodes I've said in the past, is a little bit mm-hmm. of a drag to just watch them explain everything and go through all the stuff again. That's not mm-hmm. really the show's fault when you're watching it for the first time, but when you're watching it for the second and third time, it's a little, okay, we get it, because I just saw it a bunch of times. And I think that they, and they normally pace this out pretty well, but I, I can concede that they maybe went 
a little bit to this is what happened and Mm -hmm. this is what happened while it was happening. I don't think we need to see everything in as much detail as we did. Like the black and white flashback to the roast and then like the one light on Michael. This is what I'm saying. We just saw that scene five minutes ago. Yeah, we didn't need to see They could have just said, remember when Michael said this? This mm-hmm. is what that must have meant. We saw it. We don't need to see it again. But yeah. again, I that's, don't dislike. That's literally combing through hairs to find. I don't you know. dislike this episode. Mm-hmm. I just have a couple more pop-ups with this one than I do most of the episodes of this show. Sure, uh, I do enjoy it. The other thing I think if you wanted to grasp for straws, Sean walking in is such a cliffhanger. And this episode kind of anticlimactically drops it into something mm-hmm. else. Now, the second half of the episode goes crazy and they set up enough things to make me excited. But yeah. how fun would it have been for Sean to be in on something when he showed up? Yeah. Or like pretend to not know because Vicky really told him and they were trying to catch Michael. Or nobody that. knows if he knows or not. And that yeah. could be like a thing too. Um, but I do like the episode. Let's dive into it because there mm-hmm. is a lot to like. The episode starts the same for both of us, I'm pretty sure. Sean's congratulating Michael for pulling it all off. Like, against mm-hmm. all odds, he can finally admit that what you did worked. Uh, Tom, the people, um, what, what was it? The Thomas Edison thing? They either called him the Thomas Edison of torture or something like that. When they thought it wasn't going to work. jerk, yeah. Or that dick is what, it, <laughs> that what dick, they said. That's what it was. When they thought it wasn't going to work. But now they can see that he's managed to cause more torture for these humans with the added psychological touches than mm-hmm. they're able to just with their old-fashioned penis flatteners I, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. They're So they're expanding the, the neighborhood idea. They think it's working. They want to do more of it. And they're promoting Michael, which that was at least a fun angle on this that mm-hmm. – is Michael true or not? Is, has he really learned and changed some? Yeah. Or when presented with how he can move up in his world, all he's ever known, would he take it? I think that's a good thing at the center of it because it would make sense if Michael did decide to get promoted. Sure, because a lot of the reason why that's he, all he knows switched sides in the first place was because he knew he couldn't keep up the lie yes. and he didn't want to get caught. But now he's getting promoted and the four are just going to go get fucked so he can go on and ride off into the demon sunset yeah. with his new job getting to do what he truly loves doing which is torturing people and that's kind of the crux of this episode what direction mm-hmm. is michael gonna go is he gonna become the senior staff or is he gonna uh really have learned the lessons that he's learned over the last couple weeks and and make a different choice so this is everything michael ever wanted and he's really excited and he's shocked that sean is happy i love the sean moment that gets us to the title sequence which is sean saying well can you tell i'm basically squealing like a birthday girl <laughs> Yeah. A couple people have a really great episode this week, and one of them's definitely Mark Evan Jackson, who's super totally. funny. He gets the most room to to play around in this episode that mm-hmm. he's gotten so far, I think. I really like it. After that is the scene that you wouldn't have had. It starts with Eleanor. She's brushing her teeth, and Chidi walks in and makes it awkward. He like walks in as if he like saw her in the shower or something, but she's just brushing yeah. her teeth. And he's just like stammering and is, is not saying the right thing. And he's like, oh, I was just noticing the way you brush your teeth. It, it's, a, it's a good friend. 
And Eleanor says, what? My toothbrushing form is a good friend of yours? And he's like, yep, one of my closest. And then Eleanor breaks the tension and asks him why he's freaking out. She says, what? We found out we banged once and said I love you. It's not a big deal. Let's just move on from it. And and Chidi says, what? Me freaking out? Oh, because I noticed that your towels are made with microfiber? Throw me in the loony bin for caring too much about towels. Like, stuff like that. That's that wow. scene. And then Chidi leaves the bathroom. And after that, it cuts to the four humans waiting. Well, that makes a lot more sense as to why Michael says what he does during the roast, because that's the only mention of it in my episode when it's kind of like, well, that's kind of out of nowhere. But that is a thing that's nice about these longer episodes, because the show doesn't let things drop. Even when we're not talking about Jason and Janet every episode, there's usually something to remind you that we're not talking about it right now. So I think scenes like this do help fill in the story. For the characters, Mm -hmm. especially, I don't know, when I first watched the show as it aired, I didn't care as much about the relationships between the characters. Mm -hmm. I do think scenes like this have an effect on that to keep us invested in that story every week. Absolutely. So the four humans are outside of Michael's office. Tahani mentions still wanting to discuss things further with Jason. Jason gets a lot of funny moments in this episode. He's like, oh, do you mean when we almost got married, but then I found out I used to be married (laughs) to Janet? Or do you mean when we saw that cool cloud? (laughs) <laughs> I then like how he's like, hey, Chidi, I'm going to tell you about cool this cool cloud, cloud I saw. <laughs> and then they're surprised because the door opens and it's not Michael, it's Sean. And he welcomes them in. So they have no idea what's going on. And I really like the vibe of this scene with yeah. the four humans in Michael's office, Michael giving them the you're in the bad place speech. And everyone's just kind of like, what are we saying? What are we not saying? Yeah. Who knows what? What is Michael doing? I love when Michael surprises them with the news. Sean has this really great laugh. He's like, ha, 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 ha. Just this perfect in-character laugh that works so well. And Eleanor does her best to react accordingly and give her, oh, shoot, we're in the bad place moment that she's done so many Mm -hmm. times. But even she's, like, caught off guard here, and she's kind of flubbing it a little. I think Tahani really nails it with the, why are you telling us this now? Yeah. (laughs) And they explain, Michael and Sean, that, well, first, Michael introduces them to Sean as boss, and they, they explain that Michael's being promoted, and the neighborhood is going to be shut down. So where the show has taken place so far is going away. They're going to tear it down yeah. and, and move on from it. So the four humans are going to be taken to the bad place. Where your brains will be removed, studied, and batted about a stadium like beach balls. Your arms will be peeled like bananas. That part's just for fun. <laughs> right. And then you will be, you know, tortured for... Ever. I thought that was a really <laughs> funny delivery. So Eleanor, in character, but asking for real, asks Michael if it's true. And Michael says yes and talks Eleanor down and how she thought she could learn through philosophy, but you're just bad. And this is where Michael drops the first thing that will become important, the thread that we're following, where he mentions the name of Kierkegaard which mm-hmm. takes Eleanor later to the leap to faith. And I like how later on the episode at first makes this a real stretch that Eleanor thinks that's the thing. And then yeah. it ends up being the thing. So it's going to take a day to shut down the place. And Michael pitches that they have a celebration and a party for the crew. They'll have like a rager to burn this thing down. They're going to, you know, play beer pong with Jason's testicles. That kind of <laughs> thing. Meanwhile, we learned that Janet is being kept in the, this bracelet that's made of magnets that has her magnets. acting like a drunk magnets. Magnets. It is kind of a weird <laughs> word, isn't it? Yeah. And she's going to be stuck in that acting like a drunk college girl the whole episode. What do you think about this version of Janet we get? I like Magnet Janet. Really I funny. Too. I think Darcy does such a good job. Dar- Quiet 
super strong episode for Darcy Carden, like always. Every episode. But... No matter what they ask her to do, whatever new yeah. version of Janet she has to be. Well, a great version of – a great Darcy episode because we get this Janet drunk and we also get a lot of bad Janet in this episode, And I too. love She's bad all over Janet. It. And sometimes you kind of forget that they're the same person even though they look yeah. the exact same. Yeah. She yeah. just she does such a good job of playing them so differently. Like they are two totally different beings. Yeah, it's great. Magnets are supposed to make me feel drunk. Guess what? I'm in line. So the humans regroup at Eleanor's and they're talking about the shock. And that's another thing if I want to grasp at straws. If we're back in a world where they're doing nefarious things with the humans, why are they allowed to just mosey around and go yeah, and plot do their own and scheme thing and, plan. and stuff? But whatever, you've got to keep the story going. Jason says, why is it always the ones you expect the most that betray you? <laughs> and Tahani compares the situation to when she trusted Ben Affleck when he said that he was going to be a serious director now and then he decided to be Batman. <laughs> it was kind of like that, wasn't it? Yeah. He was off winning Oscars and directing and then all of a sudden Ben Affleck's Batman? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore? <laughs> and ben affleck was as batman i stand by as far from the worst part of the justice league i saw the flash something. over the break that was one of the few things that i liked about the flash i haven't seen hardly any of the dceu mm-hmm. movies and the flash does have ben affleck and gal gadot and even like a little glimpse at uh henry cavill in the movie and i haven't seen those oh, really? versions of those characters so it was nice to get a little taste. how was michael keaton good but it was very fan servicey Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Now I'm going to rant about the Flash. He, I, I like the way that they use his character as a character, but then when he's in the Batman suit and he's fighting, he's like the same gloopy, cartoony special effects that is just like flying around and beating the shit out of everybody. I, it would have been so much more effective to see like 75 year old Michael Keaton have a little bit more trouble. That'd be fucking awesome. And to ha- be, like, yeah. be able to fight and keep up, but to be struggling. Instead, he was mm-hmm. just flying around like everybody else. Tahani shouldn't have listened to Ben Affleck and she doesn't think they should listen to Michael. They all have really good points. And for the first time, it's like all of them versus Eleanor a little bit. Yeah. Because they all, well, we can't trust Michael because everything that just happened screams, we can't trust Michael. Uh, Chidi thinks that maybe they can use their info on how many reboots there's been to talk down their sentences with Sean. Tahani doesn't think this will help, though. She wants to find a way to take the bracelets off of Janet somehow and use Janet to take a train to the medium place, which also makes a lot of sense. But like Chidi's plan, there's a big but. We can't get the thing off of Janet Mm -hmm. and we don't know how. There's a moment here that takes us back to the Tahani-Jason dynamic that I hate, where Jason starts to talk and Tahani's like, we can't let someone as stupid as you give an opinion here. And he's like, Did but I was going to agree with you. Oh, then yes, two votes for me. That makes Tahani look bad. Mm-hmm. Chidi asks Eleanor her opinion, and they're all kind of floored when she says, you know what? I vote that we just blindly uh, dis- assume that Michael <laughs> is still on our side and just go with it. That surprises Tahani because Eleanor was the main holdout when they decided to team up with Michael it's earlier true. this season. And Eleanor thinks that Michael mentioning Kira Sedgwick – or Kierkegaard. <laughs> Ooh, good friend of mine. Is a hidden leap of faith message. Leap of to into faith, right? They don't say leap to faith in the episodes. Yeah, though. I wrote leap of faith in my notes. It was mm-hmm. leap of faith. You're right. Yeah. You know it pains me to say it. You know it really fucking hurts when hey, I have to tell you you're I, right over We've me been about gone for a couple of weeks. If I didn't related. put you through this, buddy, what am I doing? 
Should I? Am I starting to lose my grip? Should I be taken to like a television podcaster nursing home for people that <laughs> that can't keep it all together anymore? Zach thinks he's talking into a microphone, but he's really just got an orange with a corn dog stick stabbed through it in front of him, and he's been talking for days. There's never end. been a Stephen of uh, the Good Place <laughs> or community. It's like <laughs> I'm literally in a padded room. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor thinks that Michael wants them to trust him and Eleanor thinks based off of the conversation she had with Michael in the previous episode that he really has changed. That moment was big last episode. I do remember Mm -hmm. that and that that is enough reason on good faith to trust him. I mean, this says a lot about the progress Eleanor's made as well. It's a very cheaty moment of her to believe someone sticking with something because that's what they said when people can break their promises whenever they feel like it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. Tahani has a pretty good reason to think otherwise. Michael is this demon that knows everything, and now he's got a promotion to torture them more, so he's just going to do that. And Eleanor thinks that could be true, but she mainly thinks that he's still going to help them escape. She says sit of doubting in this moment. I forget why. Like a turn-on leap of faith. She says, not a leap of faith, more like a, oh, yeah, because we're not going to do anything. We're just going to chill here. Not a Mm -hmm. leap of faith, more like a sit of doubting. Yeah. Jason's funniest moment of the episode here is when he's like, I never thought I'd be the one to say it, but this is getting out of hand. I think we got to go to the cops. What cops? Where do you think we are? He's like, <laughs> I don't want to be the guy to have to say this, but maybe we should call the police. Jason's so <laughs> fucking funny. Where do you think we are? Not one moment of this show does he know what the hell's going on. And it's no. okay. Except for the very (laughs) rare moment when he all of a sudden understands better than anybody what's going on. The first time he talked, he did say that he thinks we're on a prank show. Mm -hmm. And he's close. He was was on it. Sean and Michael are meeting in his office. Sean talks to Michael about his torture methods and how Jason and Tahani being attracted to each other works really well when Mm -hmm. Vicky storms in. And she's, of course, surprised to see Sean because she's been holding Sean over Michael's head this whole reboot. Yeah. Michael steps out to talk to Vicky. That's another thing. I feel like there are enough reasons in this episode for Sean, the really stoic and decided, calculated being, to mm-hmm. kind of figure out maybe something's going something's on. Something's up. Yeah. But they don't. Michael steps out to talk to Vicky, and Vicky is rightfully upset that Michael is going to take this promotion and take all of the credit that she's done, she thinks, that she's built up this neighborhood and made it successful. But Michael's able to explain why he has to take credit, because if he doesn't, they'll know that there's all these reboots and they'll all be fucked. But if he takes this promotion, if they feel like they're a success, he can talk up Vicky to Sean and tell him how important she was to the reboot. And and Vicky kind of agrees. Michael says, no one mm-hmm. talks about the reboots because if they do, it won't matter who did what. And Vicky agrees, but Mama wants her promotion. Well, and the thing is, like, honestly, I don't... <laughs> Like, sure, Sean might be upset because everyone wasn't telling him the truth, Mm -hmm. but I think he'd be more mad at Michael than at Vicky. If anything, Vicky'd be like, hey, this time I have been torturing them. Yeah. I've been running it successfully, and this has been one of the longest experiments. That's true. Like, like, Vicky probably, for her interest, should have gone and told Sean right away. She shouldn't have trusted Michael. Right. But Michael, the master manipulator. That's true. I mean, Vicky doesn't know that Michael's in with the humans. Yeah. So well played by Michael to fool her into it. I said that's a well thought. I'm going to pretend like that's the way you respond to something and and move on to the next part of the episode. Hey, we're good. Who knows? 
So the bad place are, of course, the people who coined the concept of the comedy roast. So the four humans, Sean and Janet, are sat at a roast table with Michael at the podium. And in the beginning of the scene, Vicky, for the first time, catches Michael whispering into Janet's ear and has a has a moment mm-hmm. of what, what's going on there. Why is Michael whispering to Janet? Which I have a question. Sure. Do you think that that was worth it? <laughs> I don't know. I think that, sure, you want to pique Vicky's interest, but... That's what gets them to take Janet's bracelets off. That's what gets Vicky yeah, invested in fair. getting Janet's bracelets taken off. So full Janet can tell Vicky what Michael really said, not just the something, something, Vicky, something, something. Yeah. I think it totally works. I guess. It's clever. I don't know. That one for me, like I, the second time they do it, sure. But, uh, you know, Michael, Michael's all, all knowing. Well, all no, powerful. I actually Maybe. think this moment here sets up for the audience for us to know that something is going on. Yeah. And Michael, is, we don't know for sure that he's on our side. I think on a third watch of this episode, because you know what's happening, it does less. But It shows that Michael has a plan this whole time. Yeah, I got I to gotta put myself in the shoes of someone first time again. Sure. And once you've been around the block as many times as Stephen Baker, it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of a first-timer, isn't it? You just never get it quite back the way you had it, you know? Michael addresses the crowd, and I love the way the crowd laughs in unison when he calls them all dummies. It's like, hey, dummies, and they all just start cracking up. dummies. Ted Danson as Michael is really great in this roast scene. Yes. I think he really apes the the vibe of a person giving one of these roasts mm-hmm. and has a lot of fun with it when he's like, I see this person's here, as if he didn't plan all of this. I think it's really funny. <laughs> uh, even if this episode isn't the most revolutionary of the show and isn't the most exciting necessarily throughout the entire run of it, Michael is... At some of his best in this. This so, whole season, so this is such a good Michael season. He's mm-hmm. Ted Danson has been so funny and so captivating to watch, even when he's doing something here that's a little yeah. lighter, because he doesn't have to feel worried. It's, he's not stressing out the same as he usually does. It's really cool to see Michael go through the growth that he has in this season because he's gone most of his existence with very minimal emotional range. Yeah. And because he's aware of this whole spectrum of emotions, he feels them all so hard and so intensely because he's finally allowing Leading himself to. Leading to a really to, great makes... moment at the end of this episode for yeah. sure. Yeah. And works, I think that I throughout think really the whole episode, everything he does is just so amplified because he's like feeling it for the first time and he's trying to hide nervousness and and act a certain way. And I think it's brilliant. It just works so well. Let's talk about the roast. This must have been a hard scene to write because they knew it had to do two things. It had to be a real quip and burn on mm-hmm. each of the people while also having a clue hidden in them. And I think it's more successful at burning the people than hiding a clue in them, like we kind of sure. talked. But even still, the burns are a little weird because they've got like a clue mm-hmm. in them. So first is Jason. Michael gets Blake Bortles' name wrong, which is the first, mm-hmm. like, why is he saying Derek so many times? And I think that's actually a pretty good misdirect because, of course, we're going to think Derek's not just some fake name. That's a name that's really relevant to us right now. Yeah. But the way he says it, it happens fast enough that it's easy to not think that, I think. If he didn't say Derek Bortles three times, maybe. Jaguar games, we already said this, are the only mm-hmm. ones televised in the bad place because they suck. They just, Jason, to it, he's not willing to just take the roast. He's like, they just need defense, offense, and some rule changes. And they'll be good. <laughs> so funny. Tahani is roasted when he says, let's talk about Tahani, elegance, grace, sophistication, but enough about your sister. That was Hey-o. funny. 
The worst moment of Tahani's life, this is the clue, is the last song at one of her parties and how she leaves feeling unfulfilled and like she didn't get the respect of her parents. You know, the other worst moment of Tahani's life, every other moment of her empty, pointless life. Hey <laughs> I love the way he says yeah, that. Yeah, Tahani's one. was pretty mean. That was good. Eleanor, I really like watching Eleanor listen to his because she's already really inquisitive and like trying to hear more than what he's saying mm -hmm. in front of everybody. I like his, one of us is a manipulative demon who is an expert at making people miserable and the other yeah, one's the one me. Is me. <laughs> he tells her that she is a bad person and doesn't deserve a medium place like Mindy St. Clair, that this is exactly the place you should be, which is That's a pretty big reach on. to catch that one too. I'm going to be honest. Well, because it would be very easy to misconstrue these clues as we get on the train and leave. And go. The trolley yeah. is about the train. We go to Mindy St. Clair. You think you deserve a medium place like Mindy St. Clair. You could hear that and be like, okay, so we get on the train and go to Mindy St. Clair. And I think so when right. I was first watching the episode, that is what I gathered from that. Right. I think maybe that's part of it too, is that mm -hmm. the plan wasn't obvious enough to me before we saw it happen, like as an audience yeah. member. Yeah, you're right. And then Eleanor says, that wasn't really a joke, buddy. That wasn't so much of a burn. It's like, here's one. You love Chidi and Chidi doesn't love you back. Boom. That was fucking great. <laughs> and and Chidi, Chidi immediately what's he turns, say? He goes, I th consider you one of my closest. And Eleanor's like, shut up. Really <laughs> he moves on to Chidi. Michael does and says that no one talks about Chidi or likes him because he's so annoying about ethics and how his isn't really that funny. How he teaches mm -hmm. the trolley problem, but all of his students want him to end up under the trolley. Under the trolley is what's really important here. Mm -hmm. Chidi ends up under the trolley, I guess, is where they got the information that they need to get. But there are yeah. mixed messages. You could get a couple of plans off of this. Then knock, knock. You're dying alone because you can't commit to anyone. You're dying alone because you can't commit to anyone who? And he goes, Jason, Jason Mendoza, Mendoza everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then the roast great. is done and Michael yells, let's tear this mother to the ground. And CGI giraffes start running around. There's a bunch <laughs> of stuff going crazy. And Eleanor considers in this moment that maybe she was wrong and that Michael is just being an asshole to them. Mm-hmm. Later on, we it's the night, and it's the party, and Bad Janet is the DJ, and she's playing the end of She Hates Me by Puddle of Mud to Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer by Whoever. <laughs> Pro or anti uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer as an animated film? I don't know. It's a pretty fucked up concept on principle. Yeah. But I think I liked it when I was a kid. Yeah, I fuck with it. But... I had a crush on the bad girl. What's the, it about? The, the grandma gets run the over by a reindeer. The grandma gets run over by a reindeer, but Santa they Claus have to like find her because they have to her. save their family store from being sold Santa to a Claus, large like, conglomerate. Santa Claus picks her up and takes her with them. Yeah. He like hits her and he's like, oh shit, gotta hide this body. <laughs> so he like throws her in the back yeah. of his sled I wouldn't and mind seeing a uh, rated R grandma got run over by a reindeer. I think it'd be really funny. Sure. Yeah, you could do something really. You funny may with say that. there's no such thing as Santa, but as but for, as me, for and me, Grandpa, and Grandma, we, we believe. believe. Hey, <laughs> sounds like a fun party. I'd have fun if that was the song at the party. Not yeah, so much puddle too. of mud, but but Grandma mm -hmm. got run over by a reindeer is a slap. Goes hard. I like the moment where a lava monster is going streaking and is like carrying We're its going human streaking. skin. Yeah. So Eleanor funny. is convinced that Michael did flip, and Tahani says that the roast was even meaner than the time Russell Crowe was served the wrong tea. <laughs> 
Uh, Chidi still thinks that they can trade info on Sean to get their sentence lessened, but... Which is a terrible idea. It is. Literally... It it gets Michael in trouble. It doesn't get them in any less trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Jason can't believe the worst part of this all, that Michael doesn't even remember Blake Bortles' real name. I like when... Jason's like he's the best and Eleanor's like I don't know anything about sports and I know that's wrong (laughs) that is funny I didn't write that down that's funny it's like a little bit of a stretch again that Eleanor goes from I think I'm wrong to oh the Bortles thing Derek I get it all now Mm -hmm. that's a little bit of a there's so many moments where Eleanor has a eureka moment that tracks perfectly and this one is kind of like maybe they've stretched that to its limit you know that moment in every Scooby-Doo episode yes. where Velma's like, I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to say anything. Well, that's exactly Eleanor's moment in that episode where we see all the reboots where every time she's like, jinkies, guys. Yeah. This is her moment of that, and this is the time when it feels less like something smarter than Scooby-Doo that's referencing mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo and feels a little bit more just like Scooby-Doo. Like Scooby-Doo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got a hunch, but let's lay a trap just to be sure. I'm like, Velma, just fucking say who it is so you can call the police. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Little smartass. I know. I'm going to catch him myself. And they're always like, oh, it's got to be this person. (laughs) She's like, no, you fucking idiots. Of course, it's this person. Yeah. Yeah. Because of this super vague hint from the beginning of the episode that nobody (laughs) noticed. Vicky catches Michael once again whispering to Janet and goes up to Janet and Michael and asks if he's told Sean yet how important that she is. Which, this is a combination we haven't really gotten a ton of, Janet and Vicky. Hilarious interacting together. Well, first it's funny before Michael leaves when he's like, Mm -hmm. come on, Vicky, it's a party. Rip a cat in half. Calm down. (laughs) Just have some fun. Let a load off. And then, yeah, it is a funny matchup, especially that it's drunk Janet. Mm Mm-hmm. Vicky asks Janet what Michael's been whispering to her, and Janet says something, something, Vicky, something, something. Can I braid your hair? And <laughs> Vicky thinks that it's Janet mumbling because she's drunk, but that's literally what Michael was saying. We learned that later. So this gets Vicky on the the thought process of I need to get those bracelets off of Janet so I can hear what Michael really said, so I can hear what he's really planning. But you're so right that the easiest thing here is to go to Sean and be like, Michael's doing something. And yeah. I can tell you all this stuff. If anyone could get some extra love out of telling Sean about all the reboots, it's Vicky. It'd be Vicky. Yeah, you're so right. So Vicky asked Gail to help her take Janet's bracelets off, and, and it, it doesn't happen. They they try to they try to ply them off of her, and they can't get it off. And when when Vicky is trying to wrestle them off of Janet, can I bleach your hair? No, this. I got it. Ow! Oh, get your own bracelets, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like calling her Victoria might have been like a Darcy riff or something. It was I think so. so. It was funny. really funny. It, I don't know why it makes it so much funnier that she calls her Victoria, mm-hmm. but it really does. Victoria? Victoria? I love it. The next morning, the place is completely trashed and the party's still raging and Bad Janet plays the last song of the night, which is both She Hates <laughs> Me by Puddle of Mud played over Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer at the Ooh. same time. And the audience is so lucky today that we have a musical thing to plug at the end of this episode it's or true. else we would absolutely be playing mm-hmm. those two songs on top of each other. So it couldn't be a better week for us to have something else to play. 
That's so funny. Maybe I we totally can play in the show with those. Play in the show? Yeah. We've got a system here, Steven. Everyone likes to take take their belt loop off, take their belt off, let the gut out, crack You've got to take your belt off before yeah. you start listening, guys. If you if your belt's still on, you got to restart, <laughs> unfasten that motherfucker, and just yeah. strap it in. Crack open a Seagram's, nice. and, and they hear the Good Place music, they hear the clip from the episode, and they hear us. I don't want to make anyone have the worst day at their job. I want them. I want to give them what we always give them. What I wanted to say, just say it. I well, because of what you said, I want to be like, yeah, big fat loads of cum. But yes. I don't think that's Pe- people might not get that. But Mm-mm. that's not too that's far off from us. things that we just say anyway. Yeah, that's so, fair. I'm not that worried about it. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> So they play the two songs. Sean is talking to Michael. He's still partial to original torture, but is able to congratulate Michael on a job well done, right as Vicky shows up to reveal who's really behind the plan. Vicky does come Mm. up with the idea that I should just tell Sean that this is too much because she can't get the bracelets off. So she goes to Sean. Michael then, of course, conveniently, right on cue as the last song plays, we'll learn in a little bit, notices a train leaving and says that there's a train leaving. The humans are escaping. So Vicky is then like, oh, yeah, this is all Michael. (laughs) He did all this, all of his idea. He deserves what's coming to him. So the party's over. Sean immediately is like, all right, guys. The party's over. Let's get out of here. Nice pull. Mm -hmm. Sean has Bad Janet call another train so they can... I don't know. Are they just going to go back to the bad place and regroup? And plot. Yeah. I guess. Sure. Michael doesn't know how the humans got Janet's bracelet off, which we learn later they, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They used Derek. But which that's I'd forgotten that part too. I was implied. like, oh, nice. That's what My thought was like, I was like, oh, did Vicky get them off? Right. Know. And honestly, that's what it is. It's not that it's even more than Michael trying to get Vicky to try to get the bracelets mm-hmm. off. It's Michael getting that to happen. So here we can blame Vicky for yeah. why the bracelets clever. were taken off. There's, it is clever more clever girl, than that Michael. I don't think that's the issue with the plan. I think the issue is the giving the plan through the roast and the, mm-hmm. the kids figuring it out a little too fast. Yeah, that you know? last song thing is just way too much for reach for me. The more I think about it, but That's I love that really the last song group. is the two songs they've been playing all day played on top yeah. of each other. That's great. Uh, okay, so getting Janet's bracelets off are impossible. He doesn't know how the humans did it. It's like breathing underwater, driving without texting. And then Gail steps up because she has no stake in this and reveals that yeah. Vicky tried to use her, tried to get her to take Janet's bracelets off. So well, Michael, and if, and if Vicky is like the number two demon in the crew, Gail's like somewhere around like four or five. So she even lower maybe. A place for her to and elevate. she doesn't know any of this privileged information. Yeah, she's just a worker. So Gail gives that away, and Michael makes Vicky look crazy in front of Sean. I love Sean's line of, now I would normally love to see a man make a woman look crazy. (laughs) But this is something else. Vicky's no demon. She's just a jerk. A jerk. (laughs) Vicky thinks the humans could still be hiding out in the neighborhood. This is, I think, the biggest reach in the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. When Michael has Bad Janet scan the neighborhood, she can scan the entire neighborhood, but she can't scan underneath the train that's right behind them. Well, why would she scan she, behind her? Is, she Zach, doesn't scan behind her at all. Only goes this way. So I she only does a nice little pie. But also, if she too. went all the way around, she could like follow. Maybe oh, they are on the train and they went that way. You would think. 
if she, well, if bad Janet go, would never. They say the neighborhood can go hard. for tens of thousands of miles or something like that, but so only they, in that direction. Yeah, Zach. that's a, that's maybe my biggest stretch. There is the scan. Mm. Just yeah, don't I'm do the scan there. thing. It's Just like don't, bring, don't it's bringing up a question that we didn't need to ask. Mm-hmm. But there's no signs of humans. But she's like, oh, Vicky, but I got something for you. Fart. Always well done, Bad Janet. Well done, Bad Janet. And then Sean throws Vicky into a cocoon to be prisoner for her crimes against the demons in the bad place. One of my favorite little lines of the whole episode is Sean. Yeah, when he's like, and if anyone else wants to help the humans out, I've got one for you too. And it is slimy in there. (laughs) It's gooey in there. Gooey. It's so funny. His delivery is flawless. He's one of those people Mm -hmm. kind of like a Leslie Nielsen who's funny because of how not funnily they can deliver their lines. Mm -hmm. That was a wrong way to say it, but you know what I'm saying. I I, I knew what what you were going for there. So Sean says they'll be found. This buys him a little time, but not much. And has Michael, who he still trusts, stay there to destroy the rest of the neighborhood. And as that train takes off, with the bad place, folks, it reveals the four humans underneath it on the track. And then it's kind of the mess of unpacking how we got mm-hmm. to here. But what I love is that intense music that plays every time Michael like laughs when he's been yeah. caught. First, it's Cheaty as the train leaves. He's like, that was so scary. So many different times being <laughs> underneath the train. But yeah. Michael tearfully when he's like, you guys. I was so scared for you. <laughs> I told you he was on our side. You're my friends, and I, I wanted to save you. <laughs> it's okay, bud. That was Is really cute. Yet another perfect Ted Danson moment that, mm-hmm. like you're saying, he's feeling all of these emotions at one time, and he gets to finally let it all out as he's been trying to hide it while he's trying to hope that this crazy plan, this go-for-broke plan, works out. Yeah. Michael's exclaiming, they're all hugging. Michael and Eleanor have a cute hug. And Janet says, this is the best summer ever, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> then they're on the bench and Michael's taking Janet's bracelets off. And Tahani lies, is like, I always trusted you, Michael. I never doubted you for a second. Eleanor mentions that the Kierkegaard drop was the first giveaway of the plan. Why would Michael mention something like Mm -hmm. that unless it was a message? And that made her remember a leap into faith. And and Michael's like, yes, it translates to leap into faith. And she's really proud that Michael remembers. That's a nice moment. Janet says, I've, this is great. I want to hear everything, but I've been drunk on magnets all day, and I can literally hear every sound in the universe. I thought that was really funny. Quiet. (laughs) <laughs> Eleanor explains the code and how she cracked it. Jason likes to say that he's the one that did it, but he didn't. But he was there, though. He was he there. He was there when it was cracked. And then we get all the flashbacks, which I think is unnecessary. We'll run through it fast. Michael getting Bortle's name wrong and using Derek as a name was a clue that they need to use Derek for the plan. Eleanor says there were clues in the roast. I do like the moment when they're like, okay, we're all going to split up and meet at the train station. And they all like go in a circle and end up right at the same with each other. It's like, you guys are the worst. Okay, let's just go. (laughs) And it's not like anyone's watching where they're going anyway for some reason. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. In the train station, they dissect the roast. Tahani's like, well, what did he say about me? My entire life was pointless and empty. And Eleanor says, but did he say anything we didn't know? Yeah, that was fucking funny. <laughs> the last song played at the party. That's the giveaway. That's a clue. Pay attention to the last song at the party. Chidi comes up with the Derek drop was to use Derek to drive a train while Janet can't because they've all been talking about mm-hmm. getting to Mindy St. Clair's. Janet pops in. They ask her to find Derek, and she like bumps around in her void to find Where Derek. Where is? I'm never funny. gonna. Oh, I'm never gonna find. Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> Derek's Derek. here. 
this stretch it makes me understand maybe why people don't like Derek. And it's because all they give him to say is his own name for too much. Mm-hmm. He should ha- have other lines. Yeah. It's like everything's like, Derek, Derek, Derek. Like, he should just say other yeah. stupid stuff instead yeah. of just one thing. Any joke told five times isn't funny the fifth time, I think. So Derek's going to drive the train to Mindy St. Clair's, but that's all they know so far. Michael said that this is exactly the place you should be to Eleanor. So that gives them, wait, we stay here? We don't go on the train? What's going on? Don't we just go to Mindy St. Clair's? And everyone else, Tahani and Chidi are like, yeah, let's take the train. Let's go. Like I told Pippa Middleton, why would we not do that? (laughs) But Chidi all of a sudden is like, oh, no, I understand the trolley thing. He wants us to all get under the thing. And I love that they at least make it like a fear of Chidi's and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I hate that I just realized that Eleanor is right and this is what <laughs> we have to do. But it is, again, a stretch that they mm-hmm. put all this together so fast. If they wanted to tell a story like this, 20 minutes is just so little time. Mm-hmm. So Derek's going to drive the train to Mindy's, but they're all going to stay off the train. And Michael's trolley remarks, Chidi knows that they have to hide underneath the train. And then it's the one funny Derek moment is when the train shows up and he's like, All aboard! The train is here! It's a train! Get on board! (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Uh, So Eleanor tells him to leave at the last song, Derek. And he'll be alone on the train. <laughs> Maximum Derek. And Maximum being Derek. under the train helped them avoid Bad Janet's scan for some reason. Cut back mm-hmm. to them on the bench. And Chidi's like, yeah, aren't you proud? We caught the four clues you left us. And Michael's like, there were 1,200 clues. But I'm glad you <laughs> figured out enough to, to make it happen. So Michael was able to avoid being caught, they ask him why that happened, by framing the problem on Vicky, making her paranoid by whispering to Janet, which he was just whispering something, something, Vicky, something, something, (laughs) which is funny. That's a funny reveal. Mm -hmm. Michael apologizes for roasting them, but says it was funny, right? And everyone's like, no, but Eleanor's like, yeah, Tahani's was great. (laughs) (laughs) Tahani says that the bad place people are gone. And I think, I don't know exactly why she got to this next, but she says, this might mean we can actually go to the good place now. I don't know why that means that. I don't I think know why they hiding. think they have, like, time. Like, I think if they're just in hiding. Michael doesn't show up, they would just come back. Well, because the idea is they're going to, what, the next episode, they destroy the neighborhood, and yeah. then they are missing, and nobody knows where, and they can go anywhere. But I don't know why they think this means they get into the good place. Well, I think it means they have a chance to go to the good place maybe or no they don't understand how that works yet so i don't know yeah well michael doesn't even understand exactly how yeah. it works but this, this is, is like the happy getting a little bit ahead how episode. far away are we from the balloon is that this season i'm not sure steven i'm not sure you know what i'm talking about i do but i'm not sure it's yeah. been a while since i've watched when it. is it zach god when is it Tell i'm me. in the now steven i'm talking about the now Chidi says this is everything that they ever wanted don't really know how that's true but it's fine you know I'm not hating on this episode I like this episode this just has a few more little nitpicks than most episodes in season 2 have Mm -hmm. it may end up being on the bottom episodes of the season for our season round table but it's not bad this is such a good season no just because this has been a great season Yeah. yeah Eleanor mentions, speaking of everything we wanted, I hope Mindy likes the gift that we sent her. And we do end on a funny bit where they sent Derek to Mindy with a note and two duffel bags full of cocaine. A note explaining that he's a sex robot that can't say no to anything. Mm -hmm. There are wind chimes where my ding dong should be. I can work with that. 
All right. And that's the end of the episode. It's a funny beat to end it on. I think we've said all we have to say. The episode does a lot of good things right. It has a lot of great character moments. It does move us into that territory of, well, what are they going to do now? Uh, but the way that they got there is a little bit of a diminishing return compared to all of the other great heists that these characters mm-hmm. have pulled off so far. What do you think as we wrap it up? I think it's a good episode. I mean, like you said, it it might end up being in the bottom handful of this season, but not because it's not good. It's just this season is all bangers. And so any episode that's not a like genre-bending, mind-blowing experience just is good. Yeah. And by comparison, good is less not than what a lot enough. of the season is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it is good enough. It's plenty good. Mm-hmm. It's a great episode. It's just not the tops that most of these recent exactly. episodes have been. Let's talk about our good place and bad place for the episode before we get out of here for the week. Let's do it. Open it up with the bad place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start. And against all odds, I think... Huh, I'm between two. There isn't... Do you think there... Do you have an obvious pick for this? No. Th- I struggled a lot more with I'm this than my good place. I'm on the same with you. It's always, it always feels like hat on a hat to just be like, well, Sean should go to the bad place. Mm-hmm. I'm between two... And I think I, I'll just I'll just let my thought process out there. I'm between Tahani and Chidi. Mm. Chidi for just wanting to tattle the whole time. Yeah. But I'm going to give the and I, I would be a little bit romantic to give it to Chidi because he's so much the good boy and I mm-hmm. could give him a couple bad points. But I'm going to give it to Tahani because specifically she's mean to Jason again and she is still kind of in character here as a person who knows all of the stuff still is giving examples all the time of why she didn't make it to the good place in the first place. So I guess I'm going to give it to Tahani this week. What about you? You know, I was between Tahani and Sean. Yeah. And I just talked you into it. My initial pick was Sean because I feel like I wanted to pick Vicky, but Vicky didn't really do anything too bad. Super bad for me this episode. Yeah, I'll go to Hani too. I originally if anything, was there's some Sean, sympathy but... for Vicky because she gets framed in the end. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to go to Hani because I don't like when she's mean to Jason. Me either. And I think that she also was very quick to turn her trust away from Michael. And I think both of those things were not great. Good picks. Good picks. Any last thoughts on the episode or podcast? Oh, well, you got to do our good podcast? That's fair. You're right. We do have something else we got to talk about, and that's who makes it into the good place this week. (laughs) I'm going to give it to Eleanor. I think Eleanor has been consistently good this entire Mm -hmm. season, using what she's learned to make the right choice even when it looks bad on her. I think Michael has a good episode, too, because of how he holds true to what he's learned. But I think more so than that, Eleanor is really holding true to all she's learned and is the best person of the group that she used to be the worst person in. Uh, So I'm going to give it to Eleanor. So, Zach, I kind of went a cop-out route this week. I doubled up. I gave it to Michael and Eleanor, and here's why. That's okay. We've done this before. That just means that when I calculate the points, they'll both get half of the points. Yeah, I think Eleanor, for sticking with Michael, for encouraging the group, for understanding the ethics reference and having faith that michael has Mm -hmm. changed and learned when nobody else did yeah and then for michael for changing and learning even when everything he's ever wanted is put right in front of him he still sticks by his friends and that is major because michael has very little reason to do that that's true if anything he has everything to gain by changing Mm -hmm. on that but he's it's kind of like 
with most evils in the world that you're blind to, yeah, it's such a even when it's easier to like not rage against it. Once you've had that matrix opened up to you, you can't close it back off. Exactly. You can't just go back to torturing humans when you've just made better friends of humans than you've ever made of anybody of your own. Mm-hmm. I do like it, and it is a great Michael episode. But I did give Eleanor just the edge. Yeah. That's the episode. Now, do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to say before we wrap this bad boy up? It's been a fun one. It's been a good one. Uh, yeah, go see Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Across the Spider-Verse. Go see it. And mm-hmm. Elemental. People are kind of hating on Elemental, Elemental, but it's actually cute. It'll When this podcast comes out, I'll have seen it already. But next week, I'll be able to talk uh, where I lie on the scale for Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. um, which I'm... Well, Still I'm excited for the debate of by. which you liked better between The Little Mermaid and the new Indiana Jones movie. I think it'll, even if it's bad, I think it'll be Indiana Jones because it's an original story. Racist. And yeah, I mean, what do I like better, the Nazi movie or the or the, or the open to people of all cultures movie? Hmm. Hmm. How old Harrison Ford? Um, no. Next week, we're going to be back to talk about episode 10 of season two, Best Self. If you're enjoying our podcast, write us in at timeknifepod at gmail.com. Send us in some emails for future episodes. If you want to ask us any trivia questions or if you have any strong thoughts about who goes to the good and bad place from every episode. And meanwhile, if you like us a lot and you want to support us a little bit, patreon.com slash podcast has so much content that you can't get anywhere else. And it's a lot of fun. Of course, also check out Brokeback Bebop, which is dropping for free every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. That's been a lot of fun. And Steven, where else can the people find us underneath the trolley? If you want to leap into our faith trains. Eh. Yeah, I don't uh, worry. If if you want to lie down on the tracks with us, make sure you lay down a sick track over on Twitter and Instagram by following us. I don't know. I'm reaching like the episode is. I'm with you. If you want to roast us, Uh make sure you come and cry after... If you want to hit us with your grandma's reindeer, make sure you 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 go ahead. If you want to run over us like your grandma was brutally murdered by a (laughs) mythical creature that you loved as a child, Uh, go follow us on Twitter on and Instagram over at Time Knife Pod and watch the video companion to this Instagram. You'll get to see Zach's nipples over on YouTube. Search the name of the show and you'll find us. Go ahead, Zach. Give give them what they came to see. What do you mean? Come on. You know what you need to do. We've got one last thing we've got to do before we get out of here. If you've been following, is this what you're talking about? The plug? I'm I'm talking about showing your nipples. That's what I just oh. said. They were going to get to see Zach. Well, yeah, and they the are pocket. plugged. <laughs> Zach's plugged nipples. I can pop them in and they will not pop back out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've got to tell you one last thing. And uh, we plug things on here. Sometimes it's stuff that we plug because people have given us reasons to plug them. This is something that I genuinely like and want you to check out. A good friend of the podcast, especially if you listen to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Alex Webster, who was in two episodes recapping Community with Chicken us. Chicken Fingers. The only person who ever recapped an episode with us. 
Yeah. All our other guests were separate. So he was the only person that we've like led in the room, really. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you've listened to those podcasts, he has just released his first musical project. And to my surprise, honestly, I really love it. And I'm really proud of it. And I think he has a lot to be proud of. And I think more people need to hear it. He's releasing it under the group name Elux. That's E-E-L-U-K-S. He's got a full EP that's called Corn Jam. It's four songs that are really great that... Capture everything about growing up in a nothing town and still being nostalgic about it when you move on to something else. It's a great EP and it's a project. It's cohesive. Yeah, it's witty. It's smart. Together. It's a little bit tongue in cheek and it's a lot of fun. And uh, we're proud of you, Alex. So We're proud of Alex and I'm proud to have the opportunity to share a song that I really enjoy with you guys. We're going to do that now. The song is called Yard Cat. The EP is called Corn Jam by Elux. You can find it wherever you stream your music. You can buy it off of Amazon and Bandcamp if you want to give him a little money, and I think you should. And we're going to play it. Steven Check out the video on YouTube to yes. see Zach's crotch. Yeah, you do see me and really that's not a, joke. A, a little shot. It's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really gratuitous. And yeah. it's a lot of fun. The video's fun. The EP's fun. Steven, why don't you get us out of here as we queue up Yard Cat by Elux. From inside the time knife. Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we'll see you next week. We love you. Pew, 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 pew. Ash to dusk, I'm bright and rough. Keeping it real is my religion. What's the point of growing up if you're always making right decisions? If you're in my home, you're not alone. But there are no limits to where I roam. In my dome on the loan, as my mind garden gnomes flipping through favorite tones. My biome says shalom. Maybe I've been hated. Yeah.